Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone all around the world. Thank you for tuning in and downloading us and subscribing to Inside Your Life with Cece. I would like to welcome you on podcast.com, digital podcasts, iTunes, Podbean, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Double Twist, Google Play, Podbay, and now on Podtail. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Oh, I'm feeling the love today on this historic day. Yes, on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. Thank you for joining us and listening and subscribing and downloading. I really, truly appreciate you. Well, I would like to explain today how today became a day of service. And then we're going to go into this wonderful interview that I had with Mr. Steve. He's an African-American history enthusiast. And he gives tours at the exact motel where Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. And it's, oh, it just sent chills through my body. Wow, I learned so much today. And then we're going to close out with a speech from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So sit back and relax. Or whatever you're doing, just be a part of this today. On this historic day. Martin Luther King Jr. Day had already been a holiday for nearly a decade when it was re-consecrated as a day of service in 1994. Today, many treat the holiday as a day on rather than a day off. An opportunity to commemorate Dr. King's legacy through volunteerism. That's how the White House now chooses to mark the day. Last year, the First Family and Vice President Joe Biden volunteered at a DC soup kitchen. This year, hundreds of thousands of Americans are expected to participate in day of service events across all 50 states. The third Monday of January was set aside in 1986 to commemorate King's birthday and his contributions to American history. Then in 1994, Representatives John Lewis and Harris Wolford, both veterans of the Civil Rights Movement 
and former friends of Dr. King introduced a bill to turn Martin Luther King Day into a day of action, not apathy. It was a way, as Wolford put it, to remember Martin the way he would have liked. The bill passed and Martin Luther King Day has been a day of service ever since. What does it mean to be a day of service? Partly it's a symbolic and a reminder that people should celebrate in a way that meaning, that's meaningful to them and would have been meaningful to Dr. King. Thank you. Now, I hope you understand what a day of service really means. So if you didn't do it this year, try to make next year a day of service. Giving back making Dr. King proud. And now I want you to really listen to this interview. Wow, you're gonna learn so much. It's gonna give you a different perspective on everything that has happened with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And it's, it's very educational. It's enlightening and uh, I just hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Oh, I'm so excited. I am so excited to have an African-American history enthusiast with us today. He's granting us this interview on a very special day. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. We are celebrating it all around the world today. And we're so honored to have Mr. Stephen here with us. And I want to thank Mr. Stephen for granting us this interview today. Let's, let's give it up. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stephen, for being here with us today. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, we know you're an African-American history enthusiast, and you've been around the entire world, and you know a lot about history. So on today, today's special day, it's an honor to have you here with us, sharing your knowledge and insight on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So thank you. And I know you give tours and you give very special tours related to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So I have <clears throat> some questions that I would like to ask you so we can kind of get a feel or an understanding a, a different take on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. today. And my first question to you is, how did it feel 
to be in the Lorraine Motel where Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Tell us, how did it feel? Well, for me personally, um, walking inside the Lorraine Motel for the very first time over 25 years ago mm. sent a chill through my body. And even still today when I go and hear the last speech he gave at the Mason Temple before he was assassinated still vibrates a particular chill knowing that one of our greatest intellects and leaders of our time lost his life on those particular premises because of his views and actions that he implemented in order to bring about change still to this day is a moving experience his leadership through dissent has had a profound effect and change and we have to look at any of our leaders during this particular time in the late 60s who showcased these traits were met with anger and we could look at examples not only dr king but malcolm x yes fred hampton mm-hmm. mega everens and the list goes on. Every last one of them were eventually assassinated. This was society answer to preserving the norms. So just to be in that type of environment and witness what you see there is a priceless experience. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much. Wow. Ooh, I'm getting chills. Thank you so much, Stephen. And I also want to know, I know you give these tours, so what are the responses? Like, what do people say after they they have taken the tour with you and with others? How do they respond? I know you, you felt it. How do other people respond after the tour? Well, the overall response has been consistent with most people saying this was the best trip that they ever been on due to the historical experience that they see. Not only do you learn about Dr. King at the Lorraine Motel, but it also covers approximately 300 years of our history. So it's not only learning about the known, but the unknown heroes of our legacy, whether it's Nat Turner or Dred Scott or Harriet Tubman or the 1st Black Regiment, the 54th Massachusetts, which fought during the Civil War. Most of us don't know we had 180,000 of our ancestors who fought that war, 38,000 lost their lives, and 21 Congressional Medal for Bravery. Wow. So it covers a wide range of things. I'll tell you about laws that was enacted, why most people don't know that the 15th Amendment gave us the right to vote. But during the ensuing years, we lost it, and we had to wait again to 1965 for Johnson to sign the Civil Rights Wow. The right to vote again. You also, you know, go to slave auction block, slave market district, go to Mason Temple, get where King gave his last speech. 
go to Alex Haley Museum. He's buried on his property. You visit St. Jude's Children's Hospital, Stax Record Museum, where Isaac Hayes, yes. Sam and Dave Barquet started. Go to the Borden House Museum. So it's a wide range over the two days of touring. So I've had multiple people go back three and four different times. So mm-hmm. the historical part, you learn your history. You know, we wasn't just conquerors. We didn't come out of um, caves. We have a rich environment uh, history. Nice, nice. So this is all included with the tour? Yes, it's a two-day tour. Um, Do a city tour in Memphis. Then the second day you go to Hennon, Tennessee, which is where Alex Haley family migrated to. And you visit, you know, burial site of Chicken George, and you get the whole Alex Haley um, historical um, history. Wow, this is really nice. Oh, my goodness. So they, they leave profound. They leave with such an enrichment, such knowledge. And they leave with a different insight, probably a different perspective on everything when you're on this tour. Uh, yes, because it's two histories. It's their history, and then it's our history. Their right. history leaves out so many actual facts, and it's coined to work on the psychic of our people. And that is our history, our historians, and right. who tells the facts as they actually are. Right. Wow. So, oh my goodness, this is this is fascinating. I'm. Oh my goodness. Well, I I'm definitely interested in this tour, and I want to know: Is there any insights or facts or theories? about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on his last day. Is there anything that you might have learned or that we get to learn on this tour that maybe a lot of the public doesn't know or that we might not be able to read in books or that you could share with us that maybe a lot of people don't know? Is there anything new that we might learn on this tour? Oh, yes. I won't deal with theories. I'll kind of just summarize some of the facts. Right. Um, A couple of things are prevalent. There's a fire station across the street from the Lorraine Motel, which the police set up surveillance. Next to the boarding house, where they said the shot came from, was a restaurant called Jowers Bar and Grill. It was a little embankment going upward. It was a tree and it was a grassy area. We also had three people that seen a white figure raise up from those bushes. One of them was a journalist for the New York Amsterdam News named Earl Caldwell. After hand, what he thought might have been a bomb, but it was the shot as he exited his room, he observed a white male raise up from the bushes. Solomon Jones, which was King Driver, 
after being startled and looking where he thought the sound came from, he observed a white male raisin also. Mm. And I seen an interview, the commissioner of the sanitation department, he was asked, why did he clear out that grassy area and alter the tree? He said, by orders of the police department, he was told to do it. So by morning time, after Dr. King was shot approximately 6.03 on April 4th, 1968, that area was cleaned out. And the last thing was they didn't seal off the area. You had people walking in and out the Lorraine Motel all night, and they never went by room by room asking that anybody see anything. And this was in an interview I seen with Earl Caldwell. Wow. Wow. So they were able to walk and contaminate, contaminate the evidence. Exactly. So if it was any evidence, the evidence was definitely destroyed. And also in an interview, I believe in 1977, they tried to interview the owner of um, that restaurant. But he said if they would offer him immunity, he would testify. It was, I believe, was on prime time. After that, you never heard anything else uh, about him. Mm, interesting. And then also, they want everyone to believe after shooting King, Ray exited the boarding house, went three buildings down, threw the, the rifle down that was wrapped up in a blanket and left. Mm. To me, that's just not... Plausible. Yeah. Wow. That's very So those are some of the... Things you can see firsthand, you know, and visiting the tour, and then people make their own concrete um, decision. Right, right. I love this insight that you're giving us. Wow. Let me ask you, are you giving this tour this year, Stephen? Are you going to be conducting another tour for 2018? Um, I plan on maybe putting it together Maybe, maybe late September. Mm -hmm. um, I've been doing it for over 20 years, so wow. when I have a little interest, I try to put a little group together right. and put it in uh, motion. Wow. So, so people who are interested from listening to this history enthusiast, and you see he knows a lot of the insights and the behind the scenes of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s life. You see, he knows. And if you want to be on this tour, this is your time to please email me. Email me at InsideYourLifePodcast at gmail.com and let me know if you're interested on going on this tour. And we'll have all the information posted on my Facebook page, okay? And we will have some dates hopefully coming up soon and all the information you might need. So leave me your name and all your information on my email to get this going so you could be on the next tour 
and get all that information that led up to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination. You'll get all the insights and information that they're not going to share with you. This is information you're not going to see in books. This is the real deal. You're actually walking into the motel. So this is, this is powerful. This really is powerful. And I just wanted to ask you, Mr. Stephen. Yes. Do you believe that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream is still alive today? Do you believe that people are still striving to keep his dream alive? I mean, you've lived through a lot, and you can kind of tell us, what do you see? Do you see a change? Do you see a difference? Or do we have a long way to go, in your opinion? Well, it's... I'll put it this way. Mm -hmm. To me, his dream is still alive today. Yes. His vision that he had that all people are guaranteed life, liberty, and property without regard to race or color as mandated under the Constitution is one's right. Mm -hmm. And he was looking at it, whether it was in the form of economics, education, equality, to vote. These aspects are still a work in progress due to the current administration implementing, you know, racial and class inequality. But in reference to the second part, to me, things things have improved. The American people are living today in a society that allows upward mobility of race, creed, or color. And a number of the laws that was prevalent back then, like Jim Crow or separate but equal laws, have been abolished. We now have the right to vote that we didn't have in the 60s, and now we have mechanisms in place so that you have checks and balances, which wasn't always there during the 60s. But it's still a ways to go because, you know, as you move forward, people trying to go back to what it once was. Yes. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us and all your knowledge and insights on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on his day, this historic day, his birthday. Thank you so much. Let's give it up. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you. you. Let's give it up for Stephen. Come on, everybody. Wow. Wow. He made history class fun today. He was my history teacher. I would have got an A. I'm telling you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Yes, thank you for sharing your time with us. We we are so appreciative of this on this historic day. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Oh wow. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Wow. Wasn't that enlightening? Wow. That was ooh. Very educational. Very uh, in touch and tune. That was just ooh, very insightful. Very insightful. Thank you. Thank you again. 
Mr. Steven, that was, oh, thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. We appreciate you. And to close it out, I would just like to say thank you for listening and subscribing and downloading. Don't forget to tell your friends and family about Inside Your Life with Cece. Because without you, we couldn't do this. I really, truly appreciate you. And thank you, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. You were amazing and are still an amazing human being. Thank you. you very kindly for your heartwarming applause. I need not pause to say how very delighted I am to be here and to see each of you out this evening and to see you here in such large numbers. I'm so happy to have the opportunity of hearing uh, these eloquent statements this evening. I've been speaking I think this is about my fourth speech today, so I have about spoken out. So since you won't hear much from me, you have already heard some very excellent statements, and I want to thank all of those who have preceded me for what they have said. Now I'm going to try to be very brief, and I can assure you that brevity is a magnificent accomplishment for the Baptist preacher. <laughs> and since I have two sermons to preach in uh, Los Angeles tomorrow morning, uh, I can assure you that I'll hold the lengthy message until that time. But I do want to thank you for your presence, and I think your presence is indicative of the fact that you are concerned about the great problems that we face uh, in our nation and all over the world. We have just heard from uh, Marlon Brando that these are confusing times. And I don't think anyone would uh, disagree with that. We are faced with a situation where we find restlessness among the poor and discontent among the affluent. And for some reason it seems that this uh, mammoth uh, ship of state is not moving toward new and more secure shores, but toward old destructive rocks. It seems somehow that things are mixed up in our country. We have confused policies, confused priorities, and indeed confused the purposes. I remember so well 
Uh, President Johnson raised a question uh, some weeks ago when he was giving his State of the Union address. He talked of all of the beautiful television sets that we have over the nation. In fact, he gave the number, about 70 or 80 million. He talked about uh, the beautiful automobiles and and the massive expressways that will hold our automobiles up and keep them flowing. He talked about the number of automobiles, new automobiles that come out every year. And he said after that, yet that is questioning in the land. That is a strange restlessness. (laughs) And I guess uh, he raised the question because He didn't quite know what was wrong. (laughs) Well, there is something radically wrong. And I suspect it is that in all too many instances, we have allowed the means by which we live to outdistance the ends for which we live. We have maximized the minimum and minimize the maximum. And so we've ended up with guided missiles and misguided men. And I guess that's the basis of the questioning and the restlessness facing uh, this generation. Our nation is in a mess. The world is in a mess. Now the question is, what do we do?